Well, happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Viking Voice. Welcome to the weekend. Woo! We made it through our very first week of instruction this week. We sure did. It was great. I had a great week. I thought everything went smoothly. How did things go for you, Mr. Scudder? It was nice to have something to do, um, although grading was a bit monotonous and boring, and I had a hard time keeping my focus. But other than that, I really enjoyed just the process of getting back to work. I think my favorite part of this week has been having assignments. So I, I had one assignment I did on Google Slides that they submitted to me. There's a little chat feature. Mm-hmm. And so I could type in there like, good job. And then they could type back, thank you. And I had like some little short conversations with kids this week. And that was really uplifting to me. It was so nice to interact with them. That is really cool. I'm doing my first Zoom like office hour tomorrow from 11 to 12, and I'm really looking forward to it. So hopefully, students, you feel the same. Hopefully, your first week wasn't too bad for you, and you're feeling like everything is doable. Well, I want to throw something out there. There's probably some people that have figured out after doing this for a week that their internet's really slow and can't handle watching videos or maybe can't handle capacity. And I know we talked about this on our last podcast, but uh, make sure that you're getting in touch with the middle school to tell them that your internet's not working well and you need to get packets delivered to your house. Or uh, on the flip side, if you uh, now have internet and you think you can do it virtually, then let, let us know that as well. Yeah, you can always email Mrs. Hitchcock or Mr. Stockwell and let them know, and they'll be happy to arrange for you to switch. It has been interesting just kind of getting back into a routine, and I know students, we've gone maybe five weeks without any formal instruction, right? Yep. In the eighth grade, we kind of have a joke among teachers that people fall into two categories. And these two categories are based on your email inbox. And in one category, there are people who have an empty inbox. And their inbox is empty because they have neatly organized all of their emails into separate files that are labeled accordingly. Can you quit being cryptic and talk about which teachers are are that way and (laughs) which teachers are the other way? Well, maybe students have an idea of who is who. But I haven't described the second category. Oh, go ahead. Everyone else, the other type of person out there, is the person who has 5,000 emails in their inbox. They don't delete anything. They don't organize anything. They save it all. I am the latter. I have an inbox full of stuff. And Mr. Scudder, you are the former. You're very neat. I am. I am very uncomfortable if I have too many just emails sitting in my inbox. So every, I have so many folders, it is ridiculous. Uh, I save everything. Any correspondence I've had with students, with teachers, with anyone is saved unless it's junk mail. Although I I do have to say this, I'm starting to understand your system during this quarantine because there's been moments where I've looked in my uh, text messages and I never really realized there was a search feature there where I could just type a word and it would pull up all the text messages that were related to that word or had that word in them. So yeah. I, I understand your system and it, your system might be smarter because it probably saves you a lot of time. You can just search with a word for what you're looking for rather than go find a folder to find and hunt for information. Sure. A lot of times I know like what day or around what month it was into so I can search that way. Mm-hmm. 
what I was thinking is these two very different types of people out there, we have students that fall into the both of these categories as well. And we've just had six weeks pretty much doing a little bit of dabbling in education, but nothing formal. And it's kind of hard to get back into a routine. So for you, what are some things that you do to help yourself get back into routine and be productive? Yeah, I've got to be totally honest. This week has been a challenge, uh, especially grading. Sitting down in front of a computer for four hours is not something I've had to do in five, six weeks, like you said. So to holding my focus on reading the exact same questions and answers over and over again was very difficult. I found myself reaching for my phone often and uh, playing my golf blitz uh, game, which I'm heavily addicted to now, I'm sad to say. <laughs> it really is maybe the most addicting video game on a phone ever. But um, what what I had to do this week, in, in all honesty, is I've, I've practiced meditation for, uh, for years, and I've slowly gotten back into it this week because I noticed my focus was really waning and it's helped. So just sitting in silence has helped me kind of get back into the mode of, okay, it's time to get back to work and stay focused on one thing. And you can't do three different things at a time, like snacking and playing blitz golf and grading paper that just doesn't work. So right. meditation is, is something I'm coming back to. Great. That was a great response <laughs> for me. First of all, any time that I am creative or innovative typically has one motivation for me, and that's because I'm lazy and I want to do less work. So I try to figure out a way that I can get things done with the least amount of work possible. If I don't have a schedule, I cannot keep my stuff together. So mm-hmm. anything, I, I have to be very disciplined because I'm just so chaotic in in. My thoughts are chaotic. Uh, You should see the piles of stuff. Students know this on my desk. I typically have piles, Mm -hmm. right? Even eating, like I would have to eat the same thing every day if I want to get on a healthy track. I have to have the same schedule every day if I'm going to be productive. So for me, that's part of how how I deal with it, how I tackle something. It's like a chore sometimes, right? How do you confront your chores? Well, I'm a procrastinator, so I just put them off as long as possible, and then I have to do them. Right. Um, others like, oh, I'm going to tackle it first thing, get it out of the way. So we all kind of handle these things differently. So for me, I think it's schedule and routine. Making sure that I do the same thing every day helps me be more productive. Yeah, I agree. One thing I'll, I will share on a personal note, this isn't really work-related, but I've put up two blank calendars in my bathroom closet. And I've been doing this now for, oh, well, since the beginning of the school year to track my running, but also to track my workouts, what I've done to help myself. Um, Like, what did I eat? I kind of have a little mini food log, a meditation log. And I just, it's a blank calendar. And I just write on there, what did you do to help keep yourself on track or get yourself back on track? And uh, it's been spotty. I think you said in a previous podcast, you know, uh, we're going to we're going to struggle through this. And then, you know, the next day we wake up and we try all over again. Yeah, I think some way of tracking what you're doing is a great reminder, especially if it's in your face. Uh, Students, I would find some some way to keep track of what you're doing. That's my advice. Yeah, that's great advice. Speaking of a food log, (laughs) the the (laughs) quarantine has has really opened itself up to snacking. <laughs> Snackings are 
Snacks are taking center stage. In fact, today I asked my five-year-old, I asked Patrick, what has been your favorite part of staying home? He's like, um, goldfish and um, <laughs> Cheez-Its. And I'm like, oh, so you just like the snacks, being able to snack all day. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So what are your go-to snacks, Mr. Scudder? Oh, my Lord. Mrs. Weibel, I have I have a, an addiction to something called poppables. Poppables are so stinking good. I think I need to read the package on the back because I'm, I'm guessing there might be nicotine in there because I can't <laughs> put them down. I, I, I will eat them. The jalapeno flavor. Uh, friends, don't, don't get the other flavor like the white cheddar one. Nah. Sea salt. Nah. Go right for the jalapenos. It's just got a, the spice that you want. And you just can't stop. I don't know what Lay's has done. I have never heard of a poppable before. Either and have I. And I had to look them up. Just describe what they are. So they're, let's see, how do I describe them? So they're not like a chip. They're, it's like a, hmm, is there anything like that? So it's, think of a Are cereal. they puffy like cheese puffs? Kind of, but but a little crispy. They're, they're, they remind me of a breakfast cereal. Kind of like, okay. mm, let's think of a like checks. Think of like checks. You know how they're okay. they're they're kind of um. There's a little hollow part inside of a check. Yes. Well, these poppables they've blown up that area a little bit more, and they found the perfect size where when you put it in your mouth, it's just crunchy, but there's a little space in there, and then they got a little heat from the creamy jalapeno. <laughs> And it just makes you want to eat them over and over and over. And uh, we, I, full disclosure, we got a shipped order, a shipped um, uh, large grocery order today, and we got three bags of jalapeno poppables just wow. waiting to be consumed. Oh, now so you're judging I, me. Now I, I heard judgment in that. That wow. No, 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 no. I'm just like I'm thinking that I'm these must be missing from my life. I have not tried them. Maybe yeah. I should grab a bag next time on my on my weekly trip to Meyer. Yeah, you really should if they're there. I I almost had the shipped person clean out. What I just say, you know, because you can text message the shipped person while they're shopping for you. <laughs> I almost like yeah. how much do, I wanted to text. How many do they have? Let's take them all. So I'm a big fan of like cheese puffs. Are we talking like Cheetos puffs? I like the Cheetos, but it's the puffs. It's it's the cheese puffs that are big or like the cheese balls even oh, that yeah. are crunchy. Mm -hmm. Like I could eat a whole, you can get those in like a giant container. It's uh, bigger I, than like I'm aware. my head. I'm aware. And I could sit down and eat that whole container. Like I'm, I'm thinking I probably would like these poppables. Yes, you will. I also really like anything cheese. I know you said not to get the white cheddar, but I get white cheddar everything. Like I love this the white cheddar smart pop. Like that's one of my favorite go-to snacks. So yep, those are I don't know. Good. The the white cheddar poppables didn't have enough flavor for me. We tried them out two nights ago and Jess and I looked at each other like, nah, back to jalapeno. They're just hmm. they're, not, they're not cutting it. What's your uh what's your queso game looking like these days? Have you have you had a little bit of that delicious queso dip, the little mild spicy queso with the restaurant tortilla chips? We've been we've been taking down a couple of those uh, bottles every every uh, couple weeks. Sure, those are good. We um we like to get it, we get it obviously from takeout. There's a place called Quick Time Burrito mm. in our mm. area, mm. and we get queso from Quick Time. It's mm. really good. So really I got to throw something in since you brought up Mexican food. 
my mm-hmm. wife, which students, I'm just going to throw it out there. We, she has a nickname. I don't know if she even knows her nickname. I've tried to keep it from her, but we called her, call her Pinterest wife because my wife will go on <laughs> Pinterest and find these most, the most amazing recipes. And tonight she made, and I'm not joking, like belt line bar quality enchiladas. They were really? so stinking good that uh, I, I had to eat, I think I ate five enchiladas tonight. That is such a coincidence because my husband knows the secret to their wet burrito sauce recipe. Really? It is equal parts red enchilada sauce and brown gravy. What? And he makes he makes the sauce and makes his own Beltline style wet burritos at home. How did he get this proprietary information? I don't know. He knows weird stuff. He works in the food industry. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah. and I I guess I should I shouldn't say I don't know for sure if it's equal. I think it's equal parts, but um anyway, that those two things mixed together is their sauce, their wet burrito sauce. So he makes that at home and he's obsessed with it. So mm-hmm. there you go. There's the next recipe to try. Well, if we're on recipes, gosh, this is bad. I'm just gonna have to say it. You know, one of the things that I've that I love is Buffalo Wild Wings. And I haven't had Buffalo Wild Wings in six weeks now. Yeah. And so I've created a concoction that is most similar to boneless buffalo wings from from B dubs. Here's what I do. I take the Meyer chicken chunks and you can't find them right now. They're only selling the tenderloins. We can talk about that later. Why? Because I know somebody at uh, Meyer that's told me why that's going on, going on. But okay. um, you take these chicken chunks and you, you got to You put them in the oven. You cook them like normal. Right. And you pop them out. Then you put some Frank's wing sauce into a Ziploc, like a little plastic Ziploc bag. And then you uh, put the chicken chunks in there and then you you mix it all together. And okay. then uh, your your boneless, crispy uh, chicken chunks are now covered in that wing sauce. And it is the closest I can find to B-dubs. And it hmm. is probably the most um, artery-filling food you you probably can eat next to queso dip. Sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, it, I mean, in these days, nobody cares. We're just mowing. Yeah, That's... yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I have not cooked in my Instant Pot recently. I got to get back into that. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Muffins have taken over my life. All I do is make muffins now. I just eat muffins all day. I make muffins every day. It's so funny how we change. We I don't know about you, but I was able to adapt very quickly from my school routine and what I ate at school and what I drank at school, my green tea, to totally the opposite. Like coffee yeah. with creamer is now my thing. I don't drink green tea all day like I do at school. Uh, I don't eat yogurt with almonds in it and berries in it anymore. I'm eating Smoky Links. Like I just did a total 180 very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just comfort food, right? I mean, I think it's one of the things that that is helping us get by. I told Jess the other day, you know, there's a few things that I have to have right now. One is golf blitz. Like I have to have that once in a while to distract my mind. And then I also have to have these these poppables. Like a, <laughs> they make me feel nice and cozy. Oh, my slippers too. If I can't have my slippers, yes. Then, yeah. I told you I purchased extra sweatpants for the quarantine. Didn't I tell you that? <laughs> I've been eyeballing a different color. I got a pair. I got a gray pair and a black pair, and I'm thinking, you know what? I got to change it up a little bit. I think I might go hunting for a new pair of sweatpants. I don't know. I got mine at Costco. It shipped right to my house. They're great. Let's talk about Meyer. Let's talk about some of the 
changes that have been made. So I have a friend. Uh, her name is is Sarah, and uh, she works. Uh, let me just be honest. She works in the alcohol business. She works for a distributor company, I believe, but she works extremely close with Meyer. And she has access to quite a bit of information uh, at Meyer, not just the alcoholic beverage distribution business, but also what uh, the trends have been for pretty much all categories of, of buying. And I was able to have a Zoom call with her and she kind of broke down and showed me the trends in, in shopping at Meyer specifically. And then she also had other data pulled from pretty much all retailers in the United States that were able to give it. And it was very interesting to, to see the process or the, the trends in buying. Two weeks before the stay-at-home order, there was a big rush on health supplements, vitamins, medicines, Tylenol, Motrin, things like that. People were seeing what was happening, happening in China, and they were f- afraid that the distribution was going to get stopped so that these medicines were not going to be able to be delivered to them. So there was a big rush on like nutrients and things like that. That fell off fairly quickly. And the week before the stay at home order was issued, that was when people began to stock up on shockingly bread, potato chips, pastas, more like comfort food kind of things. Yeah. And then the week the stay-at-home order went down, of course, everybody knows about the TP boom and everybody rushed to get toilet paper. And it was kind of right. this fear of missing out thing where where people were, were looking at the, the empty shelves and going, well, that lady over there has a big basket full of toilet paper. I better get mine now too. So you started to see movement like that. And then after the TP boom and, and, and those kind of products went away, People started to settle in and get more raw materials like uh, flour and sugar and, you know, baking mix for their muffins and, you know, the meat that they could put in their freezer and more kind of stockpiling for long term when they figured out, wow, this isn't going to be just a couple weeks, you know? Yeah. And and then it's now where we're at, they're still selling, you know, more obviously at the grocery store, but it's now kind of flattened out where people are, are kind of moving a little bit more back to healthier foods, but, but also kind of just buying the, the, the longer term, the things that'll sit on your shelf, you know, soup, um, and frozen goods. The one that I wanted to mention to you, dental products, shocking. When this thing hit, when the stay at home order hit, there was a decline in dental purchases for toothpaste, mouthwash, <laughs> dental floss, things like that. And um, it just shocked me. I go, wait, did, did it, huh. when people are home, did they not, are they not prone to cavities? Like it didn't make any sense to me. I guess nobody's brushing their teeth at home. <sighs> that is really gross. Well, I wonder like, so for example, on a regular work day, you'd set an alarm, you'd get up at your alarm, you'd hop in the shower. You'd brush your teeth, put on your deodorant, get dressed, and then get your day started. Well, now, even if you're still working from home, yeah, maybe I won't shower. Maybe I'll just put that off till later. I can sleep in a little bit later now. I don't have a commute. Uh, I don't really have to put any fancy clothes on. Maybe I'll just leave my PJs on, Mm -hmm. walk into my office or whatever, 
whatever room or table you have in your house mm -hmm. and you just get right to work, maybe make a cup of coffee and you just skip the whole morning routine. Yeah. We, we know our routines have been changed. My, my toothbrushing routine actually has changed. I, I do it now after I, I, uh, drink my cup of coffees, my, Same. my cups, my cups of coffees now <laughs> with delicious to toffee nut latte. Oh, mm. that creamer is so good. Oh man. Ooh. I get the sugar-free French vanilla mm, mm -hmm. creamer. That's what do you I get use. The, the Meyer brand? I do, and I use the Meyer. I get Meyer brand coffee too. Do you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get the uh, butterscotch toffee. That's my favorite. Oh yeah. Dan, of course, buys from GFS, so he gets the big breakfast blend from Gordon Food Service. Right. And drinks that. He has. I don't think he takes any creamer or sugar or anything. He just drinks it black. Yeah. Well, but, that's the healthiest way to do it. Yeah. Well, I thought I was looking at this data. Um, it, it shows some ways that uh, if you look at China now, they're kind of through this for the most part and how their behavior changed from during their pandemic to after. It says 89 percent of consumers are more willing to buy daily necessities and fresh products online <clears throat> post pandemic. <throat> And 80% said they would pay attention to healthy eating post-pandemic. So now they've been through this illness. And so there's more of a focus on their overall health. I thought that was an interesting trend that I could see taking off as we get through this. Right. Yeah, there's going to be a big swing, I have a feeling, to people being more comfortable buying food online. I, this is These kind of yeah. events in world history have always led to significant changes in behavior. And this is going to be one shopping trends specifically it looks like if we go the same direction as china and i'm i'm assuming we will we're going to see more people do the majority of their grocery shopping through online now that they know it's easy it's fast they don't have to go and you know take a trip to the store and burn gas all that kind of stuff yeah you want to talk about the dining the, the cafeterias with the plexiglass it talks about this presentation that we're referencing references what about returning to work and we're starting to have that discussion here in the United States of possibly opening things up or phasing into certain people going back to work but eventually we're all going to be back and what does that look like what are some things that might have to be in place for this so for example at the office you might have transparent shields that divide desks you might have the floor marked for foot traffic. So you have people always walking in the same direction down certain aisles of your office. So you're not getting close to one another. Well, in cafeterias, making sure that cafeterias have plexiglass right in the middle so that when you're sitting across from somebody, if you cough, your particles don't go shooting into their face. I thought it was really interesting looking mm -hmm. at bringing restaurants back online what what changes are restaurants possibly going to have to make in this compares the fact that after we had 911 in this country we had all sorts of security procedures that went into place airports airports were nothing like what they are now in in 2000 right Right. So yeah. this is comparing that event and how it caused changes. This event's going to cause changes too. So looking at restaurants, what are they going to have to do? Well, they might, might put dividers down the middle of tables. So you're not face-to-face um, -face with uh, the, the possibility of sharing 
germs. Making people wait outside or in their cars if you're on a waiting list, if you can't get a table. Operating at half the capacity so that you don't have a full restaurant. Everybody can still maintain that six feet distance. Obviously offering curbside or delivery options. Using disposable menus, like that's something we kind of took for granted is having a menu that you look at and silverware wrapped up in a napkin, having those yep. those sealed in plastic now instead, waiters wearing mm-hmm. gloves. So there's a lot of things that as we talk about this possible transition to going back, we're going to see some big differences and some big changes because a vaccine is still at least a year away, technically, for it to go through the testing that it would be required to be approved for use. I I am interested to see handshaking. Are are we going to keep shaking hands? Or is this the moment where humans figure out, you know what, shaking hands is probably the easiest way to transmit you know, different viruses and, and bacterias. I know this one is, is obviously airborne in some ways, but it can be through surfaces and shaking hands. Do you think we'll see a change? Do you think it'll be a cultural shift away from shaking hands? There could be. I think people are going to have a lot more awareness just about germ transfer, which is something we should have been aware of to begin with. You know, it's not new to people that germs can be transferred through hands, Um through touching surfaces, doorknobs, light switches, and then you touch your eyes, nose, mouth, that kind of thing. That's not new information, but I think people are going to be so much more aware of that. Even hugs. When you hug a friend, you might be thinking, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll just pat you on the back, (laughs) you know, Um, the elbow bump, the fist bump. Also things like washing your hands before you eat. That's something that should be pretty standard for everybody by now. Just our overall healthy habits. Are they going to change the way that, you know, for example, at schools, tables get sanitized, doorknobs get sanitized. Is that schedule and those procedures, are those going to be different? I think they will. I'm going to make a prediction. I'm no Nostradamus, but on this slide, they're seeing a bump in cashless transactions going on. And, you know, this has been, been talked about for quite a while. And it's been slowly integrating into, you know, American society through Apple Pay and a few other a few other ones, Venmo and, and PayPal, things like that. Yeah. I was in a Speedway of a week ago and I walked in and, you know, in Speedway, they have a touch screen where you can touch your Speedway, you know, rewards number. You put it in there on the touch screen and then you then you hand the person cash. Well, I was behind a lady that was doing all of that. And I was looking at that, that touch screen that, you know, hundreds of people had been touching all day. Right. And I'm lucky enough with, you know, I have an iPhone and I have Apple pay. I was very, very slow and hesitant to, to do this, but about probably six months ago, I just said, all right, let's just go with it. And I didn't have to touch a thing. I just touched my phone home button twice. It popped up my debit card. I put it next to the reader and boom, I was done. I didn't touch a thing. Whereas the lady in front of me had touched the screen, you know, a bunch and took out cash and got returned cash from the, from the other person. Like that's um, my prediction is that we're going to see maybe cashless transactions get a bump. And I don't know if it'll never be the norm for everyone, but I think we might see a huge increase in that. Yeah, I agree. Just kind of interesting to think about what 
not just the next month, two months looks like as we transition back, but also what are some long-term changes? I think there's going to be some interesting stuff. Yep. You know, one thing that won't change Mrs. Weibel is people's birthdays. Can't change those folks. So, and we have three of them coming up on the 24th. We have three birthdays, Evan Burns, Caden Parsons, and Liam Underwood. Happy birthday, guys. Happy birthday, you guys. Happy birthday. Let's talk about headstands and toast, Mr. Scudder. <laughs> yes. We've been working with Beck and Jude. They're going into kindergarten in the fall. And we've been working on them with number recognition, sight words, getting them to read, things like that. And I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who teaches fourth grade. And I was talking about, hey, when, when we're looking at a kindergartner, what kind of skills should I be teaching them? Because I don't have a background in teaching you know, young children. So he said something really interesting. He said, you know, where Beck and Jude are right now, and he knows them pretty well, he said they're, they're fine. And even their preschool teachers said, you know, they're, they're ready for kindergarten now. So I decided to kind of change my concept of teaching, I, trying to teach them a little bit more about social awareness emotional awareness, what they're feeling, what they're thinking. We've been, we've been doing some meditations where we just sit in silence. And I'll tell you what, I've been shocked that they've been following along with me. Yeah. They, they will sit in silence for four or five minutes. There'll be some wiggles here and there, but they'll listen to the guided stuff that I play for them. And if you've been in my stress management class, you know, the kind of things that we do in there, but it's geared towards, you know, five-year-olds. The other thing is, PE class. You know, they, they're at their preschool, they're used to getting outside twice a day for recess and running in circles and, you know, doing the baby shark dance and whatnot. And so I said, you know, I got to come up with some new stuff, like get them physical. And I said, well, let's teach them how to do a headstand. <laughs> so I was a little nervous because I had to show them how to do a headstand Ooh. and I haven't done one in a good 25 years, maybe. I pulled it off. Wow. I, I couldn't believe it. And I did it for a good 10 seconds and my tummy muscles were really hurting, <laughs> uh, but I was able to hold it. They were, they were kind of fascinated by it and they started to kind of figure it out. And we've got Beck especially, or I'm sorry, Jude is now at about close to two seconds where he can hold his feet straight up doing a headstand. It's just been one of those, one of those little fun things that we've, that we've done. So first of all, I think you need to post a picture of you on Instagram in your in your headstand. I think all the students would like to see that. I think I saw Jess taking a video or a oh. picture, so I think there is one for sure. I'll I'll, I'll do it. Now, the, are your boys super competitive? Do they feel the need to be like the first one to master it? Mm. One of Beck is extremely competitive. Okay. And it's very interesting to watch him because Jude got it first. Jude was able to hold it first and kind of get up on his, he put his knee, just showed him a trick on how to put your knees on your elbows first and then lift your legs. Yeah. And once that happened, Beck completely shut down. He started to act like a little bunny. Ah. Uh, and like come over and like squeak at me and want my attention. Yes. And he wanted all the attention away from Jude and onto him and his little bunny routine. Yeah. So it's interesting to see that if, if it's almost like if Beck can't win, he'll give up and ah. he'll try to distract. It's fun to see that dynamic and kind of work on it, you know? Yeah. The other thing we did, toast. You know, I was thinking what well, these kids need to learn some basic stuff like sure. how to make toast because I'm tired of making toast for them. Right. So two days ago, 
we taught them how to make toast and it was a little rough. Okay. Uh, they, they got the first part done, um, but then the buttering, they stabbed the butter. Ah. It looked like they were trying to murder the, <laughs> the uh, Lando Lakes lady, it, like just stabbing it and then putting it on the thing. And they couldn't really get the concept of spreading it around. So uh, they eventually kind of caught on, but then they left everything, you know, out in the open. Yeah. You know, they left the bag not sealed up. They didn't put it away. So I, I called them back. And this is the sciencey part. I said, "Let what would happen if we left this bread sitting out? What would happen to the bread?" And they didn't know. They didn't know what happened. You know what? So did you leave a meant. piece out? We did. Nice. Yep. We left a piece out. I taught them how to seal it up. You know how to spin it and get the yep. air out of the bag, and then put the little clip on. And we left a piece of bread out for for one day, for twenty four hours. And the next day, I'm not kidding. This thing was hard as a rock. Yeah. I didn't realize how fast bread would stale. So it's in a piece of Tupperware above our our refrigerator right now, just sitting there. And I I can't wait for the mold to start. That's <laughs> going to be the fun part to show them like how moldy it gets. And yeah. It's just little things like that that we're we're trying to do just basic fun things that are teaching them about the world, but. Not necessarily, you know, here's here's a site. We're we're not focused totally on ABCs and one, two, three right. at the moment. Yeah. Now that's so kind of fun. The good news for you too is that if they can make toast, they can make a PB and J. Well, that's step next. Yeah. Step. Yeah. Good call. So now you gotta make in their own lunch. I think I'll tackle that next month. That seems messy. <laughs> that seems that's we're getting into ant season and uh, I'm a little nervous about that. True. We're trying to find ways that are fun, but also teaching them at the same time. Yeah. Baking too, letting them measure things out, you know? Yeah. My kids aren't really interested in that. They just want to lick the spoon, but there's lots of skills you can do at home that are fun. I think that's all for today. I think so too. I think it was a good one. I, I particularly enjoyed talking about snacking. That was really fun. Yes. Yeah, it was quite a food-driven episode. So think about this that this weekend, students. What are your favorite snacks to munch on during quarantine? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And hopefully you had a great first week back into the groove. And we will see you on Tuesday. We'll be back next Tuesday with our next episode. Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you later. 